All right, we are live, brother. Welcome in. Latest episode of that SEC podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea and my bookie. I'm your host, Michael Bradley. Go by SEC Mike on Twitter. I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vols. What's up, yo, Tennessee Hover? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh man, I'm still battling illness over here, Shane. It's it's been a it's been 48 hours of hell over here, but there's so <laughs> much going on in the SEC. I could not, in good conscience, go another day. Uh, that I, there's just so much going on. And Shane said, "Hey, I've been busy all day. I don't even know what you're talking about." <laughs> so he's going to get it just like the audience, uh, you know, live reaction here. How you doing? I'm doing be- I'm doing better than you, man. I tell you what, Mike's been sending me audio messages all day, and I swear I think I have COVID now. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, brother, like you said, I've I've been extremely swamped, but uh, it's that time of the year, and uh, I'm looking forward to some content. Get a break away from life for a second. What's going on in the college football realm? Yeah, so let's just uh, get right into it, Shane. A lot of uh, post signing day. Fallout is what I'm calling it, you know, because yeah. there's news and notes flying after the uh, the signings and everything like that. Um, hold on a second, I'm not seeing any some any comments here. I wonder if we're live. Yeah, we certainly are, but I'm not seeing any of the comments. Are you? Ah, oh, here we go. We got them now. Yeah. Um. All right. Sorry, but no, Shane. Here, it was kind of the biggest one, right? And and we kind of tucked away Mizzou. We got such a loyal Mizzou audience, Shane. I I hate to. <laughs> I hate to throw them there at the bottom, you know. Uh-huh. I can't. I can't look at these comments. I can't. <laughs> I saw the, the parking lot thing. I was like, no, I got to shift back over here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't look at the comments, Shane. You'll get distracted. But Ugh. point being, Shane. So we just had the signing period, right? Yes. Yes. And Mizzou fans terrified. Defensive coordinator Blake Baker, offensive coordinator Kirby Moore. What an impact Kirby Moore's made for the offense this year. He yes. was rumored to be. Notre Dame was after him, perhaps. We'll get to more of that in a little bit. Blake Baker, maybe Texas A&M after the defensive coordinator. Well, the good news keeps on rolling for them Tigers, Shane, because offensive coordinator Kirby Moore, defensive coordinator Blake Baker signed contract extensions. They're staying at Mizzou. Doesn't get much better than that. And uh, just just the good news just keeps on rolling for the for your tigers I should call them. <laughs> oh, it's starting to feel that way. I get tagged in everything that happens Mizzou related, brother. And right now they've been on a heater, keeping coaches. That's impressive. But this is what you want, man. A successful program constantly has to worry about their coordinators getting poached. You know, right. so I, I know it's it's stressful at times. But this is exactly where you want to be. Successful programs breed successful coaches. Right, and again, all this momentum building up to next season, Shane, with the transfer portal, they just landed another one, Miami linebacker Corey Flagg. He was at uh, Miami, 179 tackles, 24 and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks at Miami. Now he's a Missouri Tiger, Shane. But with Kirby Moore back, with Blake Baker back, with uh, starting quarterback, Luther Burden back, so, so many pieces back, I'm feeling pretty confident, Shane, saying Mizzou's going to be a playoff team. Uh, I mean, I know it's early. It's yeah. not, not, not an official prediction, but it's not going to surprise me if uh, Missouri makes that 12-team playoff. Is it going to surprise you? No, it won't. And I, and I think the biggest one is when we saw the schedule reveal, uh, we, we looked at it. Some of the toughest schedules, that uh, some of the toughest games on their schedule 
was surrounded by bye weeks and, and, and weeks to get prepared for these programs. So, yeah, I, I mean, Ole Miss, that's been the that's been the sexy team here in the offseason. Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Oklahoma, these are teams you can't leave off. But Mizzou is right there in the mix, brother. Yeah, and I'll uh, reference the schedule. It's right oh. here. <laughs> so the first four, um, Murray State, Buffalo, yeah. Boston College, and Vanderbilt, all at home, at A&M, at UMass, Auburn at home, Bama on the road, Oklahoma at home. I want to get more on that in just a second. South Carolina, Mississippi State on the road, and then Arkansas at home. That's a that's a schedule Shane referencing again. Yeah, it, I think with this expanded uh, play SEC, I, I think it's going to be incredibly difficult to go undefeated. So I, I'm not sitting here yeah. saying undefeated, but you know, ten and two gets you in the playoff. I, I really do think in the SEC every year moving forward. But um, did you see this also, Shane, sticking with that Oklahoma theme with yeah. the Missouri Tigers, the transfer, Caden Green, the standout offensive lineman. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, they have found. So Caden Green, the offensive lineman just transferred in. Oklahoma fans have found his father's business, oh, and, they're, and they're just bombarding it with one-star oh. reviews. So they're trying to kill the man's business. Come on, we can't be having this. <laughs> But at the same time, I'm like, God, these Oklahoma fans, maybe they are ready for the SEC. I don't condone that behavior, Shane. But I do want to say that. And then I, I don't know if you saw this, Shane. This this outlet's new to me. So, again, we're, we're learning Oklahoma as we go. But according to uh, OU Insider, Shane, they interviewed Oklahoma's fi their lone five-star signee, mm -hmm. David Stone, from the latest uh, recruiting class. Yeah. He said oh, – they said, okay, obviously Texas, you know, that's a game we all got circled at Oklahoma, but is there anybody else, David Stone, that you are looking forward to playing in the SEC? Guess who he said, Shane? M-I-Z. He says, Mizzou. <laughs> he says, I want them boys. They've been talking too much, and we got to shut that down. So oh, make shit. a note of it. Oklahoma at Missouri, November 9th, upcoming slate, conference foes once again i mean isn't it great shane that we're, we're bringing in these teams and and it's like we already got rivalries already instilled in the conference i love it oh mike you should clip this one and guys this is time to bookmark because it's going to come back around when <laughs> mizzou and oklahoma meet up this is a rivalry we didn't know we needed and it is it is already heating up man i can't wait to see it milky pants i don't know if that's his real name but he says google did remove those bad reviews, which is good, but yeah, the fact that that, that uh, I mean that they had to do that. Somebody <laughs> thought of it. Somebody <laughs> thought of it. Them boys are ready for the SEC, Mike. <laughs> now, how about the in coordinator news, Shane? This is this is one that's not yet happened yet, but it, it could be devastating. Probably too strong a word, but LSU offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock. Yeah. You know, the LSU's offense off the charts this year. Jaden Daniels, Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, neighbors should have won the Bolitnikoff. He was the runner-up. But according to the athletic, Shane, Notre Dame is is targeted Mike Denbrock as their next offensive coordinator. Again, not official yet. Texas A&M tried to get Mike Denbrock, and LSU handed him a contract extension. And from my understanding, Shane, he has not yet signed that extension. So that's kind of cracks the door open there for Notre Dame. And this is not one of those where Notre Dame hopes to get him or, or they're just floating his name out there. It sounds like it, he's from up there. It sounds like he's he's very close to taking it. 
Yeah. Um, but let me ask you this because wait, close to taking the extension or close to going to, to leaving Notre Dame? for Notre Dame. So yeah. where would that leave Brian Kelly and LSU with, with no Jane Dales, with yeah. no Malik neighbors, you know, their running game is essentially just Jane Dales, at least this year. Um, of course they got digs. He, he came in there and was pretty good, but yeah, I'm a little concerned, Shane. Again, I'm, I'm trying not to hit the panic, but it, it's December 21st. I'm already looking ahead to next season, doom and gloom. But um, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say they wasted Jade Nails because it's not like they were awful. But yeah, with a Heisman Trophy winner, you you think you'd be maybe a little bit better than nine and three. But there's obviously as good as Garrett Nussmeyer could be. He's not going to be as good as the Heisman Trophy winner right away. So right. I guess. I'm just asking, are you concerned if we lose our offensive coordinator? Because then I think we're going to need our defense to step up in a big way. And that's obviously they've been awful on defense in Baton Rouge. Well, let me ask you, is he going for the head coach in Notre Dame? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. What a stupid <laughs> move that is. Are you listening to this? Like, which one, which one are you going to be most successful? I mean, you look at the coordinators that's come through LSU. You look at the talent that they're able to bring. Yeah, maybe we take a little dip back this year. But guess what? Next year, the, the they're right back into the mix. LSU is always going to have talent. They locked down, what, 14 of Louisiana's finest. You know what I'm saying? What does that right. class look like next year? Uh, no, I, I think it's dumb. It, you don't leave LSU after this. Putting a kid at Heisman. You, why would you leave unless you just can't stand, you know, your head coach, your boss, you know what I'm saying? Right. Why would you leave for another coordinator spot? And I would hold out. You got an opportunity to be a head coach someday. Right. I mean, you make some good points, Shay, but again, if he does leave. I know. Maybe I know. that's, I don't know if that says anything about Brian Kelly. I don't know if it says anything about maybe, you know, imagine if you're, you engineer the best offense in the country and you, and you're not competitive in some games because your defense can't stop a, Anybody, you know, maybe yeah. he's looking at it like that. Like, my goodness, I, I don't have faith in this defensive staff to to get any better, and I can't keep up this ridiculous pace. I don't, I don't know. I, I can't get in his head, but yeah, th that you know, you hit on a kind of. I, I asked you something, and you kind of turned it on me. But I think that's maybe even a better, uh, you know, a better point, just given the fact that if he does leave for for a downgrade, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's there might be something behind the scenes that is, uh, yeah that that is concerning you know what yeah i just again now i'm sure he has some ties and some relationship to a lot of folks back up there and maybe he loves the area i don't know you know he may have a girlfriend back there i'm not starting that role that you know speculation <laughs> but there may be something like you said that this is more of a personal decision he's not on the show we can't ask him those questions but it does it is alarming to leave lsu to go to a program like notre dame and and i'm not bashing notre dame but they, you know, they, You're it's Notre Dame. Yeah, I am. You know what I'm saying? Which one's more likely to compete for a college football, you know, playoff spot, Notre Dame or, or, or LSU here in the next two, three years? So right. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, kind of torn in this situation. But if he doesn't want to be there, let me ask you this because I saw this with Tennessee. You know, a lot of people wanted to say, hey, uh, you know, we're losing our coordinator. He's taking a head coaching job down there at USF. We're, we're not going to miss a beat because this is Josh Hopple's <laughs> offense. You know what I'm saying? And guess what? Whoops. Tennessee missed a beat. <laughs> yeah. So how much of this, if he does leave, how, how, how much of this is Brian Kelly and how much of this uh, is the OC? 
Hmm. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one. Um, I don't know. I mean, he was last at Cincinnati when they they w- they went to the playoff. Remember? And, yeah. And, and yeah, we mocked all that, but he got the quarterback to the NFL. Uh, I, I tend to think it's more of the offensive coordinator, Shane, and yeah. and and I think it may be. Again, it, I, I'm I'm kind of completely speculating, but I, he's probably looking at it like the Heisman Trophy winners leaving. Yeah, our best receivers are leaving. I don't think we're going to be near successful next year. So I, maybe you know, getting out while the while the getting's good, and and while he looks like one of the hottest coaches in the country, well, assistant coaches in the country. Yeah. Do you think there's any fallout like with uh, the portal? Because the window's still wide open. Sometimes you see some of these coordinators leave, and they yeah. take one or two on the way out. You know. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, I don't think he's like some big time recruiter or anything like yeah. that. So I, I don't think they'd be losing anybody, but certainly a situational monitor. They just added yeah. AJ Swan, the quarterback. So uh, I, I would think in part he, he went there for the offense. So yeah. maybe he starts looking around and saying, why, why did I, I just commit to somewhere that may not have <laughs> the offensive coordinator anymore? That's, that's the Vanderbilt theme. I didn't like I get there and like, wait a minute, I was promised something <laughs> else here. <laughs> Well, oh, we'll get to some of that here in just a minute, Shake, because Texas A&M, they have uh, hired their defensive coordinator, the first one under Mike Elko. Mm-hmm. They got Jay Bateman from Florida. He was the inside linebackers coach, and we'll have a little bit more on that in just a second. But uh, they worked together, Mike Elko and Bateman, at uh, Richmond. Bateman was a defensive coordinator at Army a couple of years ago, and then North Carolina now this is a little bit of a confusing one, Shane, because he killed it at Army. Yeah. He was he was a finalist for the Broyles Award, given to the uh, nation's top assistant coach his final season there, and then he went to North Carolina and they were dreadful, and he got fired in three years. So, you know, hit hit or miss. He's certainly going to have a lot better talent at at A and M than he ever had at Army or North Carolina. Yeah, he was noted as a really good recruiter under Billy Napier's staff, but. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the, the fact that he's that Mike Elko's worked with him, knows him. They yeah. go run, run this, you know, obviously run the Mike Elko defense here. But uh, this this hire doesn't wow me, but it doesn't scare me either. It's kind of middle of the road for me. Yeah, it's kind of like a must champ hire, you know, kind of uh, like a <laughs> cheap version of that. You know, you didn't freak out because Kirby Smart had him. You knew Kirby Smart was going to do his thing here. So I, I'm not panicking. Now, if it would have been an offensive coordinator situation where Elko had no 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 hands involved, you know, I'd maybe a little bit more concerned here. But, yeah, I think this may be more from a recruiting side and, you know, just – he knows what to expect. You know, when you come in, there's so many, when you got a new regime like this, there's so much confusion, you know, trying to get the, everything working. It helps when you have a little continuity, uh, you know, especially with a coordinator in these rooms. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's loading up with great recruiters there yeah. at A&M. That's what you got to have, obviously, in the SEC. Now Texas coming in, you're going to be battling with them for a lot of that top in-state talent. So, you got to have them recruiters down there from that point. I love it. And, and again, if he's, if he once again uh, coaches as well as he did at Army, I mean, hell, this could be the uh, the hire of the offseason that, that doesn't get talked about enough. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. Now, he left Florida, though, Shade, right? The yeah. day after signing day, he was the inside linebackers coach. They had an elite linebacker class, but they lost a couple there on signing day. But here's where all the drama is, Shane. 
uh, I don't know if you remember this guy, Ernest Graham. He's, he was one of the best Florida running backs in school history. Mm-hmm. Went on to the NFL, had over 2,000 yards in the NFL. When he left Florida, he was the third leading rusher in school history, uh, excuse me, in, in rushing touchdowns, fifth in rushing yardage. So an all-time Gator, right? Yeah. Well, his son, Miles Graham, he's a four-star inside linebacker, just signed with Florida, wanted to play for Jay Bateman, and now Bateman's gone. And here's what Ernest Graham, again, this is a Gator for life here. He said, my son was raised to understand the business as it exists, but there have been new levels of disconnect with this Florida program he's talking about that I have never ever experienced no calls no communication and the driest experience experience imaginable billy napier dry come on now i i'm just going to start there so i mean he's blasting the program and he ain't the only one shay brandon james former uh gator great punt returner mm-hmm. he, he responded to one of dan bullen tweets and said preach coach I, you should still be up there and remember this is the day after signing day we just signed a couple five stars I get it. The class fell apart, but it, you know, I, I put this out there on Twitter. Some people said, well, what's the big deal? It's just a former player liking one of their former coaches. I get it, but yeah. you don't have, you know, f- former Fulmer players saying, God, Philip, you, sh- uh, if you're, you should still be the coach up there. You know yeah. what I mean? We don't have Mark Rip players as great as a guy as he was saying, I wish they'd kick Kirby's ass out the door for Mark. Right. You know, this is a horrible, horrible, there's no spitting for great, great Florida players saying basically yeah. the coaching staff is, is, is awful and, and, and should not be there. I mean, this, as soon as they get some momentum, it, it just goes right out the, right out the window. And that's what you got. You got to have your alum, man. I know, I know it's not sometimes the, 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 the best part of it, but you know, when you go to these games and you see these greats on the sideline and they're they're telling these kids that are, you know, when they're recruiting, they're sitting on the sideline with them, you know, talking about the great time that they had there that propelled them to the NFL, you know. This is when you walk down the hall and you see those jerseys and, and all the, you know, the money that's made in the league, you know, it's, it's a recruiting tool. And if you're, you know, if you're kind of punching it, you know what I'm saying, it's like, it makes it a little bit tougher because these boys are still, it's a brotherhood, you know, and a lot of these guys, you may be shitting on one guy, but you know, his, his, his brother may be being trying to get recruited or something, you know? So you just gotta be careful. Right. And again, I mean, this schedule, Shane, I mean, it's, it's regarded as the toughest in the country next <laughs> season. And, and really Miami, Sanford, A&M all at home at Mississippi state, central Florida at home at Tennessee, Kentucky at home. Then here's where the true gallant, Georgia in Jacksonville at Texas, LSU at Ole Miss at home, both top 10 teams probably, and then at Florida State. And here's the problem with all these these issues, Shane. If if Florida goes seven and five next year, yeah. given that, that, that schedule, that's probably a really good year. But with all this stuff going on now and, and behind the scenes and the class falling apart, at seven and five, they're probably firing him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like he's got to do even better, and it's a it's a tough place. And I don't want to call him a lame duck because I don't think that's fair. Because they they were they were losing down the stretch, but they were playing better football. They they got to play a hell of a lot better. But the problem, Shane, is if they stumble early against a Miami, against a Mississippi State, against a UCF. Yeah, I mean the the uproar is just going to be unbearable. 
Man, I tell you, brother, misery loves company. And, and and the problem that Florida is in right now is everything's under a microscope. You know, this, if this happened to Alabama, we got some alum butthurt over some sort of situation similar to this. We're not, I mean, yeah, it's a story for a day, but it's the Florida Gators, and it seems like one punch after another. You know, the, the media cannot wait for the Florida Gators program to burn down. You know what I'm saying? They're yeah. ready to pile on. But, again, this has got to galvanize that locker room. they got to have that type of attitude. And maybe if you didn't want to be there, you don't need to be there. You know what I'm saying? Following one guy and not the university, maybe that's that's the case here. So I'm not completely shitting on Florida Gators here, but you look at that schedule <laughs> – Everyone's going to be piled on you. Everybody's going to have you the lowest, uh, one of you know the lowest teams coming into the SEC next year. You know you have a real opportunity to grab the bull by the horns and make some noise. I mean, if you start out, there's a shot, man. I'm looking at Texas A&M. If you get past Texas A&M, there's a real shot that you could be five and zero. You know what I'm saying? It could happen, but it's a tough damn schedule, and you got to hit the ground running, and you can't let this outside noise be a part of the story that's inside that locker room. Yeah, and I just thought of something to ask you, Shane. Remember, there's no more East. There's no more West. It's just SEC, right? So I guess that media day is the way we're going to do it. They're just going to say vote 1 through 16 or whatever. And I'm not, and again, this is not official vote. Right. We'll, we'll change 20 times between now and the time we actually got to get there. But if you had to fill out a ballot right now, Shane, mm-hmm. just just a rough estimate, where are you putting Florida given that schedule? And that that's the key. So yeah. I'm not asking you one through 16, you know, power rankings or, or you know, who Florida would be. But, I, I mean, I'm just spitballing here, but I'm, I'm thinking like Florida probably – 12, 13, at a, and remember, they're 16 now, yeah. not 14, but still, I don't know if you go much higher. And and I don't, I mean, that's just going to, if I'm a Florida fan, that's going to look awful come media days when we're roughly 12th, 16th in the SEC, right? <laughs> I mean, am I yeah. off base? No, no, no. I, I think we're double digits. You know what I'm saying? I, I, right. I'd put them around right now 10 or 11, but. So much can happen, brother. So much can happen here in the offseason. So I'm not, you know, like you said, we're not putting our stamp on this thing by no means. But given the current situation, looking at that schedule, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's going to be another bad look. You know what I mean? But at least it's not the East and West, you know. Now it's like, <laughs> well, you got six other teams that are worse than you, you know. <laughs> well, and then speaking of uh, signing day fallout, I just thought uh, this was great, Shane. Uh, five-star K.J. Bolden, of course, signed with Georgia. Mm-hmm. He was the one that uh, the, the anticipation was he was going to go to Auburn after being committed to Florida State for a while. And he says he took less money – to go to George, so he still got paid, but less money. <laughs> he says, NIL is short-term money. You are only getting the money right now for a moment. The big money is NFL money. That's why he picked Georgia over yeah. Auburn. And I don't disagree with anything he's saying, but uh, it's almost like he's, I mean, he is putting it out there. You know, Auburn's offering more, but <laughs> I'm going, I took less to, to go, you know, win championships, be developed, go to the NFL. That's a rough, rough look, I think, for Hugh Freeze and company. Yeah, it seems to be like a popular take here this week, too. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, I could have went there and made twice <laughs> as much. But 
what does that mean? You get some more of the following year, you know? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? You got a four-year contract? Or, yeah, I, I'm just saying you're hearing a, quite a bit of this noise uh, come from it, and it's just one more stab on the way out. But, you know, guess what? These teams play each other, you know? So but there, there will be some people on this staff that remember this conversation. Right, and I'm sure that was the pitch that Kirby yeah. and company made. Every time they got a ball on the phone, you know, I bet – you look good with the Atlanta Falcons. You look good with the Chargers, you know, on and on. Like, but you ain't getting there unless you come to ask. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm yeah. sure that was the pitch. I'd call you earlier, but I was on the phone with Matt Stafford. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> and speaking of them Georgia Bulldogs, so they they humbled yeah. Lane Kiffin and company. And uh, this was from uh, Kiffin's uh, signing day press conference. I just thought this was pretty interesting. They asked him about uh, – their strategy in adding players via the portal. And he said it really came down to Georgia basically whooping us all up and down the field. Let's kick it over to Kiffin. I, w- I want to ask you about this on the other side. No, I think that, you know, really we sat in a press conference to me and this really started um, in Athens, Georgia. And I think you guys sensed my – disappointment after that game and the way that I coached um, but just some other things and said you know hey we're gonna do everything in our power to change the way that we look especially as a team but especially defensively and so we might not be very good but we're gonna look a lot better um, you know in our uniforms and um, a lot of that was signing players that are already significant players in the SEC that we've seen play against these teams um, you know, because, you know, I kind of j- joke with you guys sometimes, you know, warm-ups don't look very good uh, that night. And um, that's nothing against our players and how hard they play. A lot of that is just size, and I don't, that's not a secret. We're, we we have not been a very big team, especially defensively. We're a very short team. Um, so um, I love our players. I love how hard they play, but – um, length matters at times. Um, that's why the draft is drafted the way it is. So uh, we definitely have improved overall um, with significant players on offense, but really on defense um, and a lot more players that uh, I think compete at a high level to give you a chance to be an elite defense in the SEC. <laughs> I said, but I mean, he was right. Remember, he came out and said, well, What's the difference between, you know, what they lose 50-something to 10 or whatever yeah. it was? He said, well, by God, we don't got the players. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Again, he's kind of – I don't want to say throwing his, his team out to, under the bus, even though he kind of is, but he but he's honestly being truthful there in a sense. But that's, you know, the, the impetus for what they're doing and adding all these guys via the portal. They've gone heavy on the defensive line, still trying yeah. to get Walter Nolan. And if they get him – you know, again, I, I don't think these words are going to come back to bite Kiffin necessarily, but this is the missing piece. Yeah. And he's he's putting it out there for you. Hey, this is what where we're short when it when we stack up against Bama and Georgia. Well, let's go out and get those players. We got them. They better not come up short next year. You know what? Yeah, absolutely. I tell you, I've been there, brother. You know, when you're going out there warm ups, you're looking over there like. <laughs> 
man, who's that big son of a bitch? Oh, I hope I don't have him. What is that, number 55? Then you find out you're going against him. You're like, damn, you know, I've been there, brother. I, you know, these, the, you know, Ole Miss is like right there. And they were missing, like you said, they were just missing a couple of pieces to, to be considered one of the top dogs. And it's, it's size and length. And that's what they went out there and got. And that's what they're going to continue to hunt for. There's another, don't forget, there's another portal going to be opening up. Ole Miss yeah. is going to be very, very active in that department because they want they they want to compete. And they're right there on it. You, you can go to these kids and say, hey, look what we've got now. You know, we didn't have it last year. We got it this year. Do you want to be part of something special? Or do you just want to be another cog in the wheel, you know? Right. And, and again, this is another indication of me, Shane. They're, they're kind of pushing all the chips in. This is uh, all in on this season. Not saying they won't be able to do it more and more, but, you know, if it doesn't pay off, yeah, I bet those Ole Miss boosters are going to be like, well, I ain't giving whatever I, you know what I mean? Now, if it works yeah. and they win big and they make it to the playoff, I bet you some of those same boosters are like, whatever you got, yeah, I'll give you devil this time. You know, go get me some players. So It's like that crypto cash, you know, cryptocurrency. They're like, oh, okay. And then the next thing you know, you're all in. So you right. just need it to hit big. Right, and I was having this conversation with someone else earlier today, Shane, but uh, I, I think it's really smart. I think it's smart of Ole Miss and Arkansas. We're seeing Kentucky do it. We'll get to Tennessee in here in just a minute, but particularly th those three that, I'm, that I can see now, Ole Miss, Mizzou, and Kentucky, you're just – let's be realistic. You're not going to beat Alabama and Georgia and, and LSU and Texas on the high school recruiting trail more often than not. Yeah. Those those programs are going to beat you. So yeah. instead of beating your head against the wall, the high school recruiting, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Missouri, and, and others, they're they're sitting here saying, "Well, let's load up in the transfer portal." Mm -hmm. And I think it's just a an incredibly smart way to go about it. And you know, it, it's just it's a different path. We don't know if it's going to be successful or not. It, but I I think being different is what those programs have to do, and it. By God, it looks like they're putting in all the pieces to to make a have big seasons this fall. Absolutely, I mean, that, our biggest fear when they when they mentioned this was teams like Bama, Georgia, Texas, Oklahoma, LSU. You no, know, they're just going to get rich. They're just right. going to take the best players off the best teams, and they're going to create these super teams. So we thought that was what's going to happen, but what you're seeing is individualism. You know. I want to be part of something different. I want, I want to be special by myself too, you know, and they're, they're getting a little bit of that brand recognition when they go to teams like Ole Miss and Mizzou and, and Kentucky, you know? So yeah, I I'm, I'm all for it. And that's why I like the portal, you know, is it, it, it kind of evens the playing field a little bit. Right. And Shane, I don't know who they're referencing here, but, uh, GP Hillamo, he's guaranteeing Mizzou will beat Oklahoma October 9th. I don't know if he's he's talking to one of the others, but maybe we can get a little bet going here. I, I guarantee, oh, yeah. you know, maybe they get it get it on the bourbon bet. Maybe there's something Mizzou, uh, Oklahoma related. They can get it on bet, but uh, man, that we we are 11 months from that game, Shane, and we're sitting here talking trash about it. That's, that's how great it's going to be. You know what? 
Well, I'm trying to think what's a good common ground. Well, you know, what's the trophy going to be here? So, yeah, there'll be some sort. There'll be some new bets, brother. I can't wait to do it. You know, uh, <laughs> welcome these guys in. I got roped into some damn message board uh, earlier, and I'm looking at all these Texas Oklahoma guys going at it, and I'm like, man, I, I welcome it, open arms. Yeah, it looks like it looks like he's going with Mark here. Two, they got 250 bucks on the line here, Shane. Shit, let's do it. Let's yeah. do, do we got a bet? We're like the bookie. We get like 5%, <laughs> don't we? 10%. <laughs> hey, but uh, speaking of the portal, Shane, I, I wanted to add this real quick. Uh, Tennessee just landed a big-time transfer, Shane. Chris Braswell from yeah. Tulane. A lot of people saying uh, that one of the most sought-after receivers in the portal, six foot five, speed Receiver, yeah. 711 yards, five touchdowns last year. As a freshman, I saw 24-7 sports. They've got him as a 91 overall in the portal grade. So that is an outstanding grade. Adding weapons, that's what Tennessee was short last year. We still don't know. Brew McCoy, he, he has not made a final decision on whether he'll be back. But if he's back, that'd be great news. Yeah. They already got uh, the tight end, Holden, from Notre Dame. That was regarded by many as the number one portal tight end. Mm -hmm. uh, bringing back Dante Thornton, Squirrel White. They added a five-star Mike Matthews. So, I mean, this has got to give you a hope that uh, we get a little bit closer to the, to all the weapons we had two years ago at Tennessee there for Josh Heupel's offense. I've been trying to tell you, Mike, next year's our year. <laughs> <laughs> and with all the offensive linemen back, if Nico hits big, oh, man, LSU – 2023 is Tennessee 2024. You know what? You won't be able to contain them boys. You think they're loud and, and obnoxious now. You wait till <laughs> Nico suits up week one with 500 yards total. <laughs> <laughs> and then last one, Shane, a little bit quick, uh, shorter of a show here, but uh, six years for the man with six fingers, Shane. J.J. Weaver back. <laughs> For Kentucky, I thought he was out of eligibility, but he's back for another run. Shane wants to line up next to to Dumas Johnson there, a transfer from Georgia. We're we are loaded with experience yeah. in Kentucky's front seven. I saw uh, he, he's a two time team captain. Uh, I saw our buddy over there at uh, Kentucky Sports Radio, Adam Lucky, say, "Good luck running on this front seven. And I was just thinking of your Vols running all up and down on about <laughs> Hopefully, he can in his sixth year he can handle tempo a little bit here. But I, I kid. But hey, it, that 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 kid went all out during that Louisville matchup, especially. Yeah. I mean, he is a freak ta talent, and uh, he, he, that's that's a big get. And and one of the things I like about it, Mike, is there's a handful of teams. I know we keep going back to it, but the buy-in at some of these programs when they just kind of plant the flag and say. Let's do this. We 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 messed up last year. Let's let's we can do this. We and I'm I'm starting to feel that vibe from Kentucky, man. A lot of buy-in, not just with the fans, but more importantly here, the players. Right. You want to leave it better than you found yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we all get excited, Shane, when we sign this four star, this five star, we get this guy out of the portal. But these guys that return, yeah, two time captains, standout players. They matter a heck of a lot more, in my opinion, than anybody new to the program. You know, not that those players don't, are, won't amount to anything, but they generally won't immediately. Yeah. Someone like a J.J. Weaver, you know what you're getting. You're, you know the instant impact you're going to get. And uh, it, it also, of course, speaks to just the culture and, and everything that's so strong there 
going into, I think, year 12 of the Mark Stoops era that these players are, are still, hell, J.J. Weaver's been there for half the Mark Stoops <laughs> era. I just don't realize that. But, hey, he must love it if uh, if he's committed to another year of it. Yeah, well, I mean, again, the coach is coming back. My, the players are starting to come back, so it's working <laughs> out for them. Yep. All right, buddy, uh, that's all I got on this episode. You got anything before we hop off the line? No, man, uh, uh, you sounded better. I know you've, I know you've powered through this thing. I appreciate you getting all this stuff together. I'm medicated. Uh, That's what it is. Yeah. Hey, big show tomorrow. So don't forget to tune in. You no, too. tomorrow's Friday. Oh, no, no big show tomorrow. <laughs> Just, hey, are we not going to, we're not going to see anybody until Christmas then, huh? Right. Yeah. yeah well, we're, we're giving you Christmas off. All right. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, you know, I don't know what you guys are hoping for. I'm, I, I'd like to. I, oh wait, you had, you were going to do the something with the coaches and the Christmas? Did you do any? Well, of that? I, I thought about it. You know, it's like my I got my days mixed up. You Here, know, here's how the show goes. Just so everybody knows, <laughs> behind the scenes, Shane's like, I got this great idea. We're going to do yeah. Christmas coaches. Or we come, let's do a Christmas show. I say perfect, and then we do the show, and, and then he's like, Yeah, I didn't do any of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought about it, you know, like oh, okay. if we were handing out head coaching uh, as a, as a Christmas character, you right. know, and I was going through some of them, you know, like Nick's Nick Saban, of course he'd be Scrooge, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know, Clark Lee would probably be little Timmy, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, so I just, I, I went through the list, uh, buddy, the elf, you know, I, I I'm curious the, the Wait, list. Who's, who's buddy. Is it uh, Drake? Well, I mean, he's so happy right now. Yeah, I think you got to singing songs all the damn time. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Right. He. He. Yeah. I would give. I would give the elf. Uh, I would give that to drink right now. How about uh, who's uh, who's who's Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer? Rudolph the Red Nose leading the pack, Mike. Uh, I, I think that may be a good one for Lane Kiffin. Kind of changing <laughs> this. Uh, wait, no. Who would he be? <laughs> He's no, he's the Grinch, man. He's stealing everybody's damn presents. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that would have to be uh, Lake Kiffin as the Grinch. You know, stealing all these great athletes. Yeah. Um, How about Coach, Buddy the Elf? Anybody, Buddy the Elf? Well, Buddy, I gave to drink. You know, because again, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, he's I, singing, I was thinking, he's I was always, thinking of a that little nerdy kid in Rudolph the Red Nose. That's who I thought the blonde haired kid. That's who I thought you were going I've with. I've seen drink referenced on the, the kid off polar express with the glasses. You know what I'm saying? Right. That right. punches ticket, but I don't know. Everything's going so good for Mizzou right now. It's, it's, it's like buddy. You just can't, you can't lose. You know what I'm saying? Could Mark Stoops be uh, frosty, the snowman? He seems like he'd be a good frosty. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I could see that. You know who? <laughs> I think Stoops would be uh, – uh, keep going back to the, the the Christmas past, the one that drank all the time. You remember that one? Oh, you're, yeah. You're not uh, – the one that was – Bad uh, Santa? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all kiffing now that I yeah. think about it. <laughs> Kirby, you know, Kirby, uh, the one that Bill Murray did, uh, the Scrooged, Bill Murray would be like Kirby Smart, I, I would think. Like he's starting to figure out, you know <laughs> – He's he's getting sucked into Nick Saban's you know pipeline here, and he's he's trying to stay grounded a little bit. So Jerry Moore says Shane might be Santa. In disguise. <laughs> yeah, I can get that. Yeah, I like well, the gift. So well, who's Santa then? That, that that's got to be Pittman, right? Oh yeah, Sam Pittman. Yeah, that'd be a good one. Sam Pittman. Uh, I'm trying to think, anybody else we missing? Um, uh, 
Give me another coach. He got them all right. Well, what about the Texas uh, Sarkeesian? Mm. He got he got Sark, new yeah. guy, you new guy coming in the SEC. You know, trying mm-hmm. to out, out, outdo his parents. You know, I, well, Christmas. I wouldn't say misfits. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I, I want to say know. I want to say bad Santa because they they have some bad habits there, but he's put that behind him. You know what? Oh shit, Mike! <laughs> Damn, they ain't over here. <laughs> oh, that's a good one though. I like it. I like it. You evil bastard! How about uh, John wants to know uh, uh, Shane Beamer or Billy Napier? What, what kind of Christmas could they be? What kind of characters would they be? You know, Beamer's a little kid at heart. Um, uh, maybe uh, he he's kind of like oh uh, Matthew. Or, or what's his name? McConaughey, not McConaughey, yeah. but. Uh, Oh, home I, I alone, think, home alone. Yeah, home you know alone. what I'm saying? You yeah. know, Daddy Beamer left. He don't know what to do. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's still trying to figure it out. You know. Uh, uh, oh, I got, a, I, I got a perfect one for uh, for Napier. Who you got? I want to try to upload it. Um, I just I want the audience to see this because it won't hit. This is perfect Napier. Uh, I don't know the kid's name. This is Napier right now. <laughs> What, what's, that, what's that guy's name? Ralphie, oh, right? Yeah, I'll shit your eye out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's shooting his eye out. You know, every day there in Gainesville. I figured you'd you'd pick somebody that's like sleeping or something, you know, because of his sleep <laughs> habits and stuff. But uh, but I think I, is that it? Is that all? Um, Somebody uh, Jackson wants to know Jimbo. Is, is we got one for Jimbo? Ooh, Jimbo. Is there, uh, is there is there a movie a Christmas movie about getting fired? Huh. Jimbo, man, I. I that just ruined Christmas. Who who ruined Christmas? Yeah, Jimbo. I I don't know. I don't have one for Jimbo right now. Maybe the listeners. I have not seen this movie yet, Shane, but I keep seeing it on my queue um, on, on on these platforms to watch. Um, have you seen this this movie yet? Does, oh, is that no. oh no, I've not watched it, but I have seen it pop up in my queue a few times. Okay, maybe maybe that's Jimbo if he ever finds me. And uh, <laughs> yeah. on the set of Fine Bob or anything, you know what? For burying him. <laughs> They're saying Mike Elko, he could be uh, Bruce Willis in Die Hard. I like that. Oh, do you remember that movie they did? It was, uh, I'm so bad at movies. I'm, you know me, but uh, the one that Woody Allen, not Woody Allen, but Tim Allen. Uh, oh, him, yeah? him and the girl that was off of... Uh, the mask, the scary horror movie. Is that uh, Christmas with the Cranks? Yeah, like they were going on a cruise instead. Right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. That that would be Jimbo because he's now getting a tan <laughs> right now with all that money. <laughs> Him and Coach O down there. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, th- there's one more too. Um, this this is, well, he's not technically in the SEC anymore, Shane. Yeah. But he was for a good while. Oh yeah, this this is perfect. I can't believe we did not get to this one just yet. I'm uploading as we speak. I want people to see this. But if you had to th- if you had to think of a former coach, Shane, yeah, in the SEC. Oh dang it, it's not uploading. Son of a. Um, from the uh, what was that? Clark Griswold National Lampoons. Yeah, because uh, of Eddie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I mean this guy, this guy's the spitting image here. That's Dan Mullen, right? <laughs> Shitter's full. <laughs> That's hey, I'll tell you, this is my favorite 
Christmas movie. I don't know if you've got a favorite, but uh, every Christmas Eve, it's a tradition. We always watch it over at my parents' house. They do Christmas the day before, and yeah. that that one's always going. So that's one of the only movies that I could sit down and watch start to finish over and over again. I could watch it five times throughout the year. So if <laughs> if I were picking my favorite Christmas movie, that's without a without a doubt it. Do you have a favorite Christmas movie? Uh, honestly, no. I mean, I, I like yeah. them all. Probably original Home Alone is, is probably yeah. up there for me. But uh, you know, that's Clark Griswold. That's a hell of a selection as well. I, I I like all those where they they go to Vegas, they go to Europe. I mean, I I like all. There's one where they go to like Disney. You remember that one? Yeah, yeah. And they get there and it's close. <laughs> <laughs> Gremlins. Uh, that's know, another good one. A good one for Billy would be Bruce Willis off Die Hard. You know. He just ain't got time for Christmas. You know what I'm saying? He's out there protecting and saving lives. So yep. maybe that's the one we put for, for Bill. Do you consider that a Christmas movie? Oh, yeah. Of course. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was just making sure. Oh, yeah. Christmas uh, Christmas story with rap. You know, torn on this one, Mike. I, I get so much heat whenever I bring this up. Uh-huh. But I think that's one of the worst Christmas movies. Oh, I wow. Said, I said it. I said it. I'm tired of watching it. I'll tell you that. That's one where they just, it's, it was just all too much when I was a kid. Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. I mean, the leg lamp, that was the, I mean, that was like the funniest part. I don't know. I just, I, I never, never got it. I never understood it. Well, so. we, we all know what to get Cousin Shay for Christmas now. Give <laughs> one of them leg lamps. <laughs> well, shit, man. Well, again, um, I, I hope everybody has a, has a Merry Christmas and, and you know, hope your team's <laughs> shit. You evil bastards. Vanderbilt is the Gremlins. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> I think that's a perfect note to go out on, Shade. I appreciate you as always. Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. We'll be back before uh, the bowl season, but we're going to take a break here unless uh, Nick Saban retires or anything like that. Emergency <laughs> podcast. But if not, we'll catch you after Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas, buddy. And uh, thanks, everybody, for showing up. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. See you guys. Merry Christmas. Hey, buddy. This beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the pirate, and the pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.